This is the Happy Dev Podcast with me, James Brooks. This week, I'm speaking to Alex Bowers. Alex is the lead front-end developer at Blue Bay Travel, which means that we used to work together. Hi, Alex. Hi, James. How are you? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? I am all good. Now, this week, we're doing something different. Usually, I talk to developers about how being a developer has impacted their mental health. Whereas this week, although Alex is a developer, we're going to be talking about his physical disability and how that impacts his mental health and both his day-to-day and professional life. Alex has a stammer, which is different to a stutter, at least by the UK's definition. For Alex, he's unable to get the word out. There's a complete block on words for him, whereas a stutter is the repetition of the first letter of, a, of a, any word. Now, as you can imagine, Alex is way out of his comfort zone with this. So I just want to say ahead of time that I really appreciate him coming on and not just coming on once, but we actually recorded this yesterday as well. So he's actually gone through this process twice and I really sincerely appreciate him doing this. It, It can't be easy for him. So with that all said, let's get to it. Alex, can you start by introducing yourself for us, please? Yeah, of course. Um, I have worked at Blue Bay Travel now for um, over seven years as the lead uh, front-end dev. Um, outside of work, I've got a wonderful wife. Uh, I've recently got a puppy. Uh, and apart from that, I spend a lot of time watching sports, uh, mostly American sports. Um I have issues uh, sleeping, and that was uh, the only um, interesting thing on right that time of night when I'm awake. So, if I got into it about 15 years ago. Can you tell us a bit about your stammer, please? Yeah. Um, well, I've had it since I was a child. Um, it's all I've really known. Uh, I started going to a, spe- a speech therapy when I was uh, four years old. Um, which was mostly about trying to help me find ways to uh, say words that I was having trouble with or certain sounds I was having trouble with. Um, So a lot of techniques, like breathing techniques, and um, it was a bit of exposure therapy. Um, Well, it was mostly exposure therapy just to try and get me speaking to other people um, because I had issue, my issues um, just speaking to anyone at that time. Um, but it also gave me a chance to uh, meet other people that were in the same situation. Yeah. Uh, Can you tell us about the exposure therapy? How does that work? Um, so at the time, it was about um, me doing... Simple tasks like um, answering a phone or um, going to the, the the shop and asking for some sweets or something like that. Um, because a, a, a growing up, I had a real fear of um, answering the phone, which I've still got today. Um, it's not a nice experience for most people, but it was really bad for me. I was pretty scared of it yeah so one of the big uh, things for you is that yeah. you're unable to say your own name which is a big part of phonetica really isn't it 
yeah, yeah, that's the hardest thing. Yeah, that is the hardest thing for me to do is to say my name, which um, is incredibly frustrating because it makes introducing myself nearly impossible. Yeah, especially when you're answering the phone and you're saying, hi, it's Alex. I guess people don't really... I guess people presume that nobody's there or that the phones are broken or wrong number. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of time people think there's a fault with the phone um, uh, just because I am there, but they don't know that I'm actually there because I can't say the first word. Was it your parents that noticed that you first had a stammer? Uh, Yeah, yeah. As I said, it's not something I was really aware of. I just thought that that's how I was born, but apparently it's something that happened over my first few years where it just started happening. And then how long did you have speech therapy for? I had speech therapy until I was uh, 16 because that's kind of the point where in Britain the National Health Service uh, stops um, helping people out of that age because it's just a case of using those techniques that you've learned up until 16 to try and manage it um, because there's, a, there's kind of this um, set line of once you get to uh, 21 if you've still got the stammer you're always going to have it um, um, so it's just a case of using what you've learned that up until then to um, get on with life. What kind of issues has your stammer brought with it? I guess the the first issue was really my uh, social anxiety, um, which was pretty obvious very early on in my life. It was really severe. Um, because growing up, it's hard to interact with people who um, have not had the chance to understand this type of thing because the kids at school were too young, didn't understand it. Um, The parents weren't really aware of it, so it was hard to get everyone to know that I have an issue, but it's... It doesn't make me that different. Yeah, without making it into a big deal, because it isn't really, is it? There just needs to be that understanding there that you need a little bit more time to get your words out. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I just had to spend time to try and find um, a different ways of getting through these social situations. Um, so something that I have to deal with uh, every day is every time I have a conversation with someone, I need to think of multiple ways of saying the same thing because at some point I'll get halfway through a sentence and my brain will just tell me that this next word you're about to say, you can't say that anymore. It's it, That's not going to come out. So I then need to find alternatives and try different ways of finishing the same point that I was making. 
Um, yeah, so as we said earlier, it's, it's a type of physical disability, but it's not like I need to have crutches to get around or to move about. It's just I, I need like mental crutches to be able to um, get through conversations. Um, so something that you probably noticed is I start a lot of sentences with certain words like so or right um, because I know that I've got quite a high success rate with those words. So if I can get those out, I'm kind of onto a a good start. Yeah, so you use them as kind of a way to set yourself off on the right foot before you begin speaking. It's not a surprise really that you have those social anxiety issues then because having to think more than one way around of saying something must be exhausting. Yeah, um, that's quite an important point because I am tired a lot of the time and it's it's hard to just get through a day of um, talking to people um, which then obviously makes the mental health issues worse and it's just kind of like a never-ending cycle of getting tired because of my stammer and then um, everything sort of spiraling out of control because of that. With that said, you did say earlier that you struggle to sleep. So I'm just interested in kind of what, what those struggles are with sleeping. Yeah. Um, I find it hard to switch off because I'm always processing events from the day. I find it hard to um, just move past an incident when it... If I have a, a certain a difficult a conversation during, during the day and I've not been able to say what I've wanted there's a lot of frustration um, and throughout the years I've not been able to shake that so it's I'm always thinking about how I wasn't able to um, just do the normal thing and say certain words I mean obviously I don't really know what that's like I've never experienced it, but I can definitely imagine that it's very frustrating that you have to sometimes choose not to say something because you know you wouldn't be able to say it. Yeah, and with the lack of sleep and uh, the always um, focusing on the um, bad parts of my day that it kind of lent to my first real um, a situation of having depression. A depression um yeah so i i first had uh, signs of that when i was 14 
Um, I didn't really understand what it was at the time. Um, I just, for months, I would uh, go to sleep every night uh, crying. I would wake up every morning uh, still in tears. Um, Because obviously there's a lot of things going on and uh, my speech was at its worst point in high school. I guess mixing having those anxiety issues and that depression along with puberty, which isn't easy at the best of times anyway, like it's going to exasperate all of the issues that you're already having. Yeah. I I went to quite a tough school. Um, So there's no real room for error um, because I knew that people would pick on it straight away. Um, That's quite sad, isn't it? Kids, kids can be really mean. Oh yeah, kids are the worst. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it sort of came around the same time where I had quite a serious injury uh, playing football, um, which knocked me out of all quite athletic things for about eighteen months. I wasn't really able to do a lot um which was hard because i went to a high school which was a sport specialized i was lucky that my local school specialized in sporting activities and that was important to you because you wanted to do a career in sport yeah yeah i was pretty good at at, at some sports i I probably wasn't ever going to make a living from it like I would have liked to go into sport um, a coaching or something like that because that was it, it was how I spent most of my time and it it was the only time where having a stammer didn't matter because um, you, you're just playing sport um, so when I lost the chance to take part in those activities um, yeah it just things got hard real quick. When you realised that sport perhaps wasn't going to be your career choice then, what what did you do next? Did you immediately go into thinking, right, well, I'm going to be a, a, a developer or was there another step there? Uh, no, that was like my third uh, step along the way. Um, my second uh, choice um was to do uh, either graphic or product design. Um, That's what I had a passion for um, outside of sport. Uh, The school had some good teachers for it so it was something that I could get excited about um, and it's something that I did try to do in further education as well but it became pretty obvious that I wasn't able to uh, do that because the uh, job roles it, it included a lot of uh, presentations and a lot of talks um, so a lot of 
would have meant that I would have had to pitch my ideas, which um, at the time felt as if that was going to be impossible. I still think that that I couldn't have gone uh, down that path, um, which is again it's uh, frustrating. But um, I was uh, fairly lucky that I had like this natural skill. Um, during my IT uh, classes, I was always. really focused and really um, I don't want it to sound like I was like these lessons were easy but it's something that I it just felt natural to do uh, so although it wasn't what I wanted to do it was something that I could do and at that point in life, uh, it's just about trying to find a way for you to make money over the next 50, 60 years. Um, it, so it just really came down to a point of me trying to find a job in this sector, which I was going to be able to do and which I was going to be able to enjoy. And do you ever regret that decision? Uh, no, I don't. Um, I've managed to find a job that it supports me. Um, the staff at the business understand. Uh, I've got a role where I don't need to use a phone. Um, and I'm... Uh, It's a role that's always challenging and it uses the skills that I've got. Um, yeah, so everything kind of works together for that. I'm really chuffed that it worked out for you because getting to your third decision must be quite disheartening at the time. But I'm really glad that in hindsight it was it was a good decision for you. Have you received any further therapy for your stammer outside of the speech therapy? Uh, yeah. Um I've had a lot of therapies that have tried to uh, sort of conquer my mental health issues, which the hope was that if I managed um, well to manage uh, those issues, then my stammer would um, be easier to uh, control. Um, so, I've, yeah. Um, I didn't initially get like diagnosed when I was 14 when I had um, some obvious signs that there were mental health issues I had to sort of wait a few years for me to properly understand what was going on it wasn't a case that everyone my age was doing um, or feeling those emotions um, so I waited a few years and then got some help, but at that age I was um, I was I still thought that I was gonna I was gonna just get over it and I was gonna be able to 
um, or fix myself, um, which wasn't a clever idea at the, um, because when I finally started uh, working, I was at Blue Bay. Um, pretty early on, I had a bit of an episode where um, the job wasn't what I was expecting um, because I went to uni, I got really good grade. Um, I kind of thought I was ready for a working life. Um, I then went for a job at Blue Bay to be a part-time uh, junior dev. Uh, something just to ease me in. Um, I left uh, the interview with an offer and to become a full-time mid-level dev. Uh, it's just something that I assumed was because uh, I had a really good education. I just guessed that they were really impressed with that. Um, but the technical skills that I, that I learned in a university didn't set me up for um, for the job that I landed in. Um, and I felt overwhelmed uh, straight away. There was that imposter syndrome, um, a feeling I might have months of being there. Uh, it just felt like I wasn't supposed to be there. Um, and I had this episode one night where I was just sobbing because um, I hoped that this was going to be the start of something uh, brilliant and it just wasn't what it was living up to be. Um, so at that point, I went to get um, some more help, but this time I wanted to find something that wasn't just short-term fixes because what I'd found is that talking to certain therapists or doing this exposure therapy was something that was going to fix uh, that it's a situation that I was having at that one time rather than helping me to then manage myself through the rest of my life. And so it took me a few years to find the right type of therapy or the right a therapist um, to sort of set me up properly. Um, and that type of therapy was at the CBT. The a CBT was a 10 week uh, session um, from when I was uh, 22. Um, yeah, so it was, a, it was a few months after starting Blue Bay where I just it took some time and work allowed me to uh, change my shift so, so that I could fit this in during the week because uh, they knew how important it was for me. Well, you knew how important it was for me. 
Yeah, I don't think I did anything that another company wouldn't do. Therapy is really important and recognizing that somebody is taking the time and the effort and the energy to find in therapy and actually committing and going to it, they should be allowed the time off. I'm pretty sure that might even be like a legal requirement. Especially um, over the last few years, it seems, um, from my experience, that people are being encouraged to talk about their issues and even in the workplace rather than just sweeping them under the rug. Um, we've, like Blue Bay, they have um, spent a lot of time in the past year in implementing in like a visions and values for the business. Uh, in the most important step that I found is that they made um, a full-time role for a HR manager, um, which meant that we had uh, someone who could um, educate the business um, about these type of matters because it's... I used to find it hard to... um, sort of admit that I was having issues um, but when you see a business trying to encourage you to talk about it then um, things become a lot easier um, it, it, the most recent example that I've got is um, well, last week um, I've been having um quite a bad period with uh, sleep, uh, which has caused um, my stamina to get worse, my mental health to um, pretty drastically uh, drop over the last, I'm going to say three months. Um, And last Monday, uh, when I woke up, something small happened it was not a big thing but it was just enough to make me break where I just I couldn't uh, stop crying Um, and at that point it was obvious that I wasn't in a fit state to go to work that day Um, so I initially had to make the choice about whether I was going to tell work the actual reason why I couldn't go in that day um, because I needed a mental health day just to sort of help myself um, and initially I didn't I just said something like I wasn't feeling great that day or I've not been feeling great for a while um, and then after I sent that I kind of felt um, that wasn't the right approach um, because the business is making an effort then and I should make an effort uh, so then I text my manager afterwards um, just to say um, I wasn't being fully truthful um, I'm actually off because I'm um, suffering with some issues 
today and straight away I got a, a really a positive uh, response um, and that it sort of helped me put things in perspective and I went in to work the next day and usually we have a return to work um, interview where uh, the business just checks that I'm uh, fit and I'm that I'm not going to uh, sort of spread any more germs in the office um, but instead this time the chat wasn't about um, illnesses it was just about me and the business wanted to know what they could do to help me get through this a difficult period um, yeah and they already know that you have a stammer and that there's a history of mental health issues yeah. so it's good that they're just kind of staying on top of that yeah. really yeah and through that chat um, I was offered the chance to um, work a few afternoons uh, from home instead of um, the office just so I could um, be able to have more of a break and a less intense session because over the past month or so I've had to drive home every day at lunch just so I could uh, feed Albus. Um, so I was a pretty full on, not uh, uh, making time for myself to uh, rest and to work. Saw that and found an answer for me. Whereas if I had just kept to the straightforward line of I'm just not feeling well, then work wouldn't have been able to help me out. I would have just kept on the same path of um, finding excuses. If you hadn't said anything, then yeah, nothing would have got done with it. There would have been no resolution yeah. to your problem and it would have probably cropped its head up again sooner rather than later. As a manager of a team that's growing, a company that's gone from 25 people when you started to over 100 people, as somebody that's never attended a conference or a meetup of any kind, would you say that your stammer has impacted your professional life? Uh, yeah, I think you've hit some of the important uh, uh, points on the head there. Um, what's affected what job I'm in because this wasn't my first choice. Um, it's not something that I was initially passionate about. Um, I just had to find something that was essentially working in a small office. Um, I didn't have to use a phone. I didn't have to do presentations. Um, and as a manager, I've got a responsibility for my team. Um, I need to find ways of uh, talking to them even when I'm un unable to uh, talk. Um, Do you have any examples of that? 
Yeah, it's when I need to tell the whole team about something. Um, I've got a challenge where I've either got to get them all in a room and then I've got to have this conversation, um, which I will probably um, have issues with, or I've got a workaround. um, So I try and have a lot more one-on-one time with each um, each team member um, not just one-on-ones where we go into like a meeting room and have a chat it's it's just been uh, just sitting next to them for a little bit just um, just checking that the, the certain tasks are going um, the way that we expect or uh, planning projects it's trying to make them uh, grow w- without being uh, hindered by my um, inability to always uh, talk in the in the expected way. Um, and obviously, tools like uh, Slack help a lot. Um, I know it's not everyone's f- favorite thing to just have a message on Slack rather than. I'm talking in person, but sometimes that's the only way I'm able to um, do my job properly. Um, yeah. Um, and you also mentioned that I've not been to uh, meetups, workshops, um, which when I wasn't in the managerial role that I am now, um, was something that I felt really hindered my progress. Um, so I had this imposter syndrome, but one of the ways that, um, one of the ways that I could have got over that was by speaking to other, uh, devs. Um, and seeing how, they worked, what uh, challenges they had, or, well, I'm not really sure what goes on at these things, because as you said, I've not been, but it felt like I missed out. Um, and I know a conference is a bit different, where it's there's not that uh, networking aspect, but it was still... I was still scared of having a situation where I was around so many people that I didn't know. As I've mentioned, I'm I'm very happy at the company that I'm at, but there's been times in the past when I have not felt that way. Um, when a business uh, grows at the rate that uh, Blue Bay Travel did, um, when we went from uh, 25 people to to over 100 in a matter of a, a few years, um, the amount of work and the amount of new faces and um, there was times when I, I wanted to leave, but I couldn't. Um, 
I couldn't face having to introduce myself to a whole new set of people um, because my name is the hardest thing to say. Uh, so I didn't want to have to put myself in that situation. So even though I wasn't happy in the role that I was doing, it was still the lesser of two evils. Uh, and the recruitment process is hard enough. Um, and I don't think I would ever be able to do a phone interview. I have so much respect for people that can um, let other people know why they're worth hiring just from a phone interview. Um, yeah, it's just not something that I could do. Whenever you've applied for a job before, have you ever disclosed upfront that you have a stammer? Is that something that you would ever do? I'm not really sure what, what happens there, to be honest. So when I finished university, I didn't initially tell people that I had a stammer. Um, because in the past, when I've tried to get uh, summer jobs at uh, supermarkets, just uh, stacking shelves, um, I put on an application form that I had a stammer and I never once got an interview and I applied for quite a few. Um, and there was no other reason to say no to me because I was healthy, I was educated, I was willing to learn. Yeah, I think the problem with those jobs sometimes is that you can be overqualified. That's what PC World yeah. said to me when I applied after college. Well, that does make sense. <laughs> yeah, but how do you get your experience? <laughs> like, I'm interested in computing. Other people aren't. It's like there's people that have no idea yeah. what they're talking about. And yet I'm the person that's too overqualified for the job. I would want somebody who knows what they're on about trying to sell me something rather than somebody that's got like hasn't got the first clue it's weird how that that works that, that's why i chose um not to tell people when i was um i was looking for a job after a university um i had two interviews um one of them was Blue Bay and then one of them was a different a company. This company got me in and before I had a chance to say anything, they were straight away trying to sell their company to me because they'd had my CV, they'd spoken to my references and they said that this role is for you. We want you to have this role. I then... I had a conversation. Um, I, I obviously I spoke about my stammer. There were some instances when I did stammer and then the interview was kind of short and I never heard back from them. Um, but the second interview was Blue Bay and it couldn't have been uh, more different. Um, I went in, um, didn't uh, say initially that I have a stammer, but it was obvious from the conversation because I was nervous. Um, but straight away, I was reassured that it's not a problem. Because it isn't. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, but 
uh, not everyone thinks that. It's disgusting, isn't it? It's a strange world that we live in. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah. Um, not everybody's nice. It's uh, it's sad, but it's, it's true. Um, you were saying yesterday that you've had experiences where you've started to introduce yourself and obviously there's a pause between the question and then you being able to answer and people have jumped in and said, oh, he's forgotten his name. And on one hand, I can see that as somebody breaking the ice because they don't know that you've got a stammer and that you've not tripped over your words. But on the other hand, even when you, like, you, you it's clear that you started saying something. So why would they, why would anybody rudely jump in and interrupt that? And I, I guess stammers don't come with that sort of physical, um, it, there isn't anything that immediately stands out and says, you've got a stammer, just by looking at you. So I, I can kind of see that being a difficult situation. Yeah. yeah, it's... A lot of what I've been talking about is something that caused me it caused me frustration because I don't understand um, both what's going on with me and why other people um, treat it certain ways. Um in that example, it's something that I'm almost anticipating whenever I speak to somebody new because it's happened um, that frequently. Um, I know some people don't mean anything by it, but I've certainly had situations in the past where that was just the start of them treating me differently or just um, making fun of not just the situation, but me as well. So it's, yeah, it's difficult. That's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. How does that kind of weigh on you? Um, I suppose it's just a summary of everything that we've spoken about so far, the the frustration turns into and me being exhausted, which just makes the social anxiety and depression worse. It's uh, it's a cycle I've yet to break. Yeah. Hopefully you'll get there one day. So I have a bit of a different question for you. Matt Stauffer, who was a guest in episode two, he tweeted recently that some people, it turns out, don't have an inner monologue. That's where you talk to yourself in your head. Like you can look in a mirror and have a, a conversation with your reflection. I'm interested in, in one, do you have an inner monologue? Uh, yeah, I certainly do. Yeah. Okay. And do you stammer in your head? Um, no. Um, my inner monologue... My inner monologue is sort of how I wish I actually sounded um, because there's no hesitation. Um, it's the only times when it becomes frustrating when you've got the end of the monologue is when you start having a conversation and at some point it'll just pop up and it'll just start saying um, you can't finish this sentence 
or so do you actually hear that in your head then yeah so it'll it'll just go this next word you cannot say it you need to figure something else out and at that point i've got to try and finish a conversation while thinking of um different words which i can replace with the one that has told me that i can't say We were discussing yesterday whether a stammer is a physical disability or a mental disability. Yeah. And we kind of settled on the fact that it's a, a physical one. Um, although you had said previously that there, that there isn't a lot of research in it, yeah. but you were, your uncle has one, so it's kind of passed down genetically. Um, but it, it affects you physically, and it just yeah. happens to have many mental attributes to it. But fortunately, um, even the experts don't have the answers for these. There's lots of people that have done many research papers, many studies, um, and they've not been able to settle on, like even to the point about whether it's a a, a disability or not. Uh, most. In most legal cases, it, it tend to settle on, yes, it is. Um, yeah. I think, well, and, I mean, it isn't up to me, but if it was, then I'd be like, well, yeah, of course it is. It impacts you day to day. Like every yeah. section of your day is impacted by this disability. Yeah. And that's the most common definition is something that hinders a day-to-day life. Uh, so it's something that lasts for more than a day um, and the fact that I have issues and going into shops I'm, I'm unable to answer the phone um, yeah that I would class it as that and I know um, during my time in education uh, most of those institutes did class it as disability as well yeah well that's a good thing because hopefully that's kind of sets out everything else that follows it right the final question is here alex are you ready yes let's do it what makes you a happy dev so this is the one question that i was expecting and i knew was coming Uh, so it's one that i've thought about a lot um It's the times when I'm able to strike that perfect work-life balance. Um, It's when I'm encouraged by the the company that I work for to um, concentrate on both myself and work because I know those are the times when I work most efficiently uh, is the is the times when I've been able to rest and recover. Um, yeah, so it's, it's that work-life balance. That's perfect. Well, that brings us to the end of episode eight, Alex. Thank you so much for coming on, being a guest twice. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for um, allowing me to come and chat 
I know I'm not a household name like the rest of your guests, but uh, I do appreciate the chance to sort of uh, tell my story. My pleasure, Alex. Thank you so much for coming on. And I know I said this at the time when I asked you about coming on, but you might not have the same kind of, you might not be as well known in the industry as some other people, but that doesn't mean that your story is any less important. Everyone else is just human at the end of the day. And so are you. So hopefully by you coming on, we can help people in a similar situation somehow. So thank you again. I really appreciate you kind of coming out of your comfort zone and sharing that. Thank you very much, mate. Thanks to our monthly sponsors, Justin Jackson, Rob from 64 Robots, Alex Bowers himself, Matthew Davis, and thanks Canico for the Happy Dev artwork. You can sponsor Happy Dev at our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash happy dev. And recently, I've just launched a new T-Mill store where you can buy some really cool Happy Dev merchandise. All of the money continues to go to charity. There are links on our Twitter and our website. And that's it. Until next time, see you later.